Welcome to Urban Wildlife Tales, where you'll hear stories, tips, and tricks about humanely dealing with our furry and sometimes scaly friends. I'm your host, Dusty Showers, solving your daily nuisance wildlife issues. Dusty Showers? Anyone ever tell you that sounds like an adult film star's name? You are listening to Urban Wildlife Tales. This is your host, Dusty Showers. In this episode, I want to talk about multiple species in an attic. So, I am in Tampa, and you may or may not know that I am a practicing urban humane wildlife specialist or nuisance wildlife specialist, which means that I deal with raccoons and rats and bats and bees and possums and squirrels and skunks and whatever else you might come across. If you don't know who to call, I'm the guy that you call. So... I just got off the phone with a a new customer who initially called me and said that she had squirrels living in her attic. And this was for a duplex that she lives in and she also rents it out. So I told her I would go out and take a look at it. And then I talked to the tenant and the tenant said that she's hearing noises early morning and during the day which is an indication of squirrels. Almost every part of the country, if not every part of the country, that's an indication that you have squirrels in your attic. But then she also said, I hear noises at night as well. Depending on where you live, that's going to be raccoons, possums, rats, or in some occasions, flying squirrels. Flying squirrels is normally the last thing you really think of If you really know what you're looking for, you can identify a flying squirrel situation when you you inspect. But many times trappers don't realize they have flying squirrels until they accidentally catch one in a rat trap. So back to this issue. So now we've got indications of squirrels and rats. Now here's the rub. You use either live traps for squirrels, or what I like to do is nudge them, which is a term that I've come up with that is basically encouraging the mama squirrel to take her babies and move out on her own. That way, you know that the babies are gonna be taken care of. She does not have to be relocated, where we know that there is, uh, that humane relocation is really a misnomer that Uh, Typically, 80% of the animals die within 90 days of relocation. So when we say that we humanely relocate wildlife, it's not necessarily that humane. So they have to to fight for territory. They have to fight for food. They have to fight for shelter. And it can be a rough life for a squirrel to to get by. So the more that we can, can quote-unquote nudge them so that she just takes her babies and moves out on her own, granted, she needs to look for shelter, but she does not need to look for new food and water sources uh, and fight to to create a a new spot in her territory. So that's basically a live removal or live situation when we deal with that. When we deal with rats, unfortunately, we use snap traps. We use snap traps for a couple reasons. Uh, And it's always the Victor snap traps that I get at Home Depot. You never buy snap traps from Lowe's. They don't last long. They fall apart, and they're weak. And when you're dealing with lethal traps, as horrible as the traps may be, you want them to work effectively every time. And buying chintzy rat traps, um, you're not going to have success all the time with them. 
So the process is, you know, I went out there and I found three holes in the eave, and it was clear from those holes that that uh, rats have definitely been in there at some point, and it looked like squirrels have been going in as well. Uh, so it, it's always a given that if you've got an opening in a roof somewhere around this this part of the country, you have rats going in. It, it's almost a guarantee. Uh, they're everywhere, and everyone loves to come up with an excuse like, oh, you know, they've been doing construction behind my house, or that darn restaurant behind my house, or the neighbor just cut down some trees, so now I have rats, or whatever it is. People love to come up for an excuse for why they have rats. Meanwhile, I can know that your neighbors have rats, and everyone has rats, and I deal with rats for professional, famous professional baseball players, famous football players. Um, and I say this because they have big houses and they're kept really clean, like cleaning staff sometimes, and they get they get rats. So you don't have to live in filthy conditions to have rats. So the process is that we want to deal with the animal that we capture live first because we don't want to have squirrels there and be putting lethal traps out and catching squirrels in them. So I use my nudging techniques, and there's a, a product that I use that, that I offer, that I created and offer, called Accent Plus. Uh, and it, it helps, it's like a, it's an apex predator scent, so it smells like bear and wolf and raccoon and coyote and everything. Uh, so that, coupled with just making it difficult for the squirrel get in, to get in, she'll take her babies and she'll move them out. At the same time, I want to mark each hole so I know which ones are active. And what that means is sometimes it's as simple as just taking a, a plastic bag from the grocery store and stuffing that in the opening. If nothing removes that over the next three to five days, I know that that opening is not being touched. And I can go ahead and seal up that opening. Now, if I've marked all the holes and nothing is being touched, but they're still complaining about hearing noises, that means that I missed something. This is what I call logical trapping. So rather than just putting traps on the inside and catching animals until we don't catch anything, this way we can identify every opening and it tells us for sure if we miss anything. So we nudge the squirrels, we mark the holes, and then we narrow it down so we can identify the openings that are being that are being dealt with or that are being used. And because we don't want to be dealing with five openings if they're only using one. So we quickly narrow it down and we operate out of the one that's being used. Once we get the squirrels out of there, then we place the snap traps down. So the snap traps then will follow up uh, typically every two days, come out, check those traps. Mark the hole each time you come out because it's really as simple as it is. The mark is what's going to tell you everything. So you mark the hole, set the traps, follow up on the traps, all working from the outside. There's there's rarely any need to put traps inside an attic. So uh, we put them on the outside, which is going to tell us everything. And then once everything is out of there, they're not hearing anything. There's no more activity on the traps and the marks are not being touched. Then you go ahead and seal up the openings. The, um, the one little glitch here was she was going to have her roof redone. So the question was, should, the, should she have the roof done first and then have me come out? Or should she have me come out and then have the roof done? And her concern was that if I came out and got the animals out, that they're just going to go right back in before the roofers come out. If they put on a roof, they're either 
the roofers, so they might not get all the openings. And in this case, while there were three holes on the eave, the air conditioners also offered two holes. So the animals could still come in or out, and so the point is really moot. But you do not want to have the roofers come out first knowing that you might seal up animals. Because if it's a mother squirrel and she's outside, she's going to chew up the building trying to get back inside. And if she's already inside, she's going to freak trying to get out. So she's more apt to chew on wires, chew on the insulation, and then die and then smell. Plus, it's just plain inhumane. So you definitely want to deal with the animals before you have any kind of construction work done. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen just the opposite where, where people say, yeah, I heard an animal up there, so I went and put a board up, or I had the roofers come out and seal it up, and now I got me a smell. Well, duh. I, I, I don't get the logic there. You have an animal in your attic, so you seal it up. Let's not do that. So you want to make sure that there's no animal in there. Sealing an animal into an attic is never a good solution. Even if you don't care about being humane. If you're like, I want to torture that animal because I'm from the backwoods and that's just what we do. Don't do it. Because it's just going to cause problems for you. And when the animal dies in there and you can't stand the smell and the flies anymore and you call me up, I'm not going to have a whole lot of sympathy when I give you a high price tag for going out and getting a dead animal out of your wall because you thought sealing it up was a good idea. All right, that's the little podcast on dealing with rats and squirrels and addicts. Thank you for joining me and look forward to catching up with you next time. Discover how to build a six-figure business humanely dealing with urban nuisance wildlife. Go to the sixfiguretrapper.com. Only you can help promote compassionate and humane treatment of urban wildlife by going to iTunes and giving this show an awesome review. The animals, of course, will thank you.